and I am here with our most, obviously, our most honorable, our most honored and special, special guest who has chosen to bless us with her beautiful presence, Miss Mercedes Carrera, adult film star, and smart person. <laughs> What's going on, ma'am? Thank you very, very much for joining the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm I'm actually really excited to talk to you today, so I appreciate it. And hi to everybody who's listening. That's great. You're definitely um this is a, a very special out of the ordinary episode for us here on the show. So <laughs> this is pretty cool. There's a girl here, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I wanted to get into today with you, um, because this show is all about uh dispelling misnomers and um being having individualized episodes that are outside of the norm for what you'd expect from a uh, usual crowd who who is into pro wrestling, who's into football, who's into that kind of stuff, where we can uh, branch out and discuss other things that are important, because a lot of my listeners are very eclectic individuals, just mm-hmm. like I am. And you are a very eclectic individual who does a lot more and is involved in a lot more and has a lot more going on for them than what someone would usually... Um, assume an adult film star would have going on for them mm-hmm. um so where i'd like to start out is um please uh go ahead for anybody out there who doesn't know who you are which since i've been advertising this for a couple weeks i'm sure uh plenty of people have done um <coughs> plenty of research on your work so they're probably <laughs> familiar with you at this point but go ahead and tell us um how many films you've, you've worked um who the websites that you work for are um, your website. Uh, just go ahead and get us acquainted with, you know, how much volume of you is out there and where people can find it and pay for it. God damn it. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. To pay for your part, it helps us. Um, yeah, I'm Mercedes Carrera. I am, I don't, I am a working girl in the industry. I work a fair amount. Um, if you go into any sort of tube site and you look up MILF or Latina or Big Ass, uh, probably there somewhere. <laughs> Um, I work for most of the big companies, whether it's Brazzers or Evil Angel or some of the smaller ones, you know, like uh, Lethal Hardcore, Zero Tolerance. If you name a production company in the adult industry, I've probably worked for them at least a few times. Um, So at this point, I think I have well over uh, 100 scenes to my name, probably a lot more at this point. I work a lot. And uh, I'm... I'm excited to to talk about this. It's funny because people think of adult, but that's... I actually got into the industry when I was almost a little over 30, so... um, Get the fuck out. You're you're over 30? Oh, yeah. You're lying to me right now. Really? Yeah, I'm 33 years old, so... uh, Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I would have never guessed that. I would have. Oh. See, I was about to make an ass of myself and be like, "What the fuck, milf? How are you on milf?" <laughs> I didn't know. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now I got in a lot later. I actually, um, I went to school for engineering. I worked in engineering got for about uh, six, seven years, and then I was doing AV work, uh, like production, and okay. I was working in the, doing mainstream stuff, and then doing some adult. And that's how I ended up as a performer because I knew people in the adult industry. And people said to me, hey, you know, you actually look pretty young for your age. Like, you got a, you got a good body. Why don't you go perform? You could make a decent amount of money, and it's, it's kind of a fun gig. So that's how I ended up in it. I, I never thought I'd end up being a, a porn actress. It was not, like, part of my life plan. And if you had told me at 23 I'd be doing it, I would have thought you were crazy because I, I took the, the straight and narrow path. I thought I wanted to do the thing. And 
And then I worked in corporate for a bit and I, I worked in aerospace and I built some of the things that probably some of your listeners flew around the desert. I worked on optics actually. And um, so as a result, I, you know, you, sometimes you go a long way around to come back a short distance correctly. Oh, holy shit. Well, that shows everybody out there. I mean, you know, don't don't get down if your current lot in life isn't working out. I mean, there's there's always more out there. There's always always you know second reinventions of yourself and things that you can ac- accomplish and do. Okay, so you're, you went to school for engineering. Um, so how did the what pro like what did people tell you? Okay, because you said you you know you wanted to be on the straight and narrow. You did the college thing. You're like okay, mm-hmm. this is this is the path my life is going to take. Um, you knew people in the industry. How did they because uh-huh. Because I, I like I like changing I like to think about how people's whole perspectives change right. how they see things. So okay, so you did the straight and narrow, mm-hmm. and then somebody approached you about hey you know you look great, um, you should try maybe doing this. I have to imagine at the outset you were like, are you insane? That person <laughs> well, asking you, and then <laughs> you changed your mind. How did that perspective change? It was actually a different, it was, it was more like this. I worked, I worked in aerospace and you got to understand, like, I always joke that if I'd been born 10, 20 years later, my life would have been very different, but I I got into aerospace, you know, post 9-11. It was a very different world than being in aerospace in the seventies or eighties. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was on a big program. It got canceled and, you know, a lot of engineers were being laid off. And so I ended up working in telecom and I did that for a few years. I was a tech trainer. Um, and then 2008 happened and the tech market, the bottom came out and a lot of people were being laid off. It was a very challenging time. You know, people say if you go to school for engineering or tech, there's always work, but that's not really true. And the wages have been driven down. There's a lot of different reasons for that. A lot of it's guest workers and corporations price setting and what have you. But, um, so I worked AV, I was doing, uh, audio visual engineering like behind the scenes camera work. And also when I worked in telecom, it's funny, my boss did a lot of side work for the adult industry, building Mm. websites and doing, so I had actually been exposed to the adult industry at that time because of him. And I would kind of help him out. And I had met a bunch of these people and I thought, oh, they're just people, you know, they're performers. Mm. It's it's basically, when you live in Southern California, you're going to meet people in all these kind of different performance fields. Mm. So, uh, so I, I ended up working AV production. I was doing production work for some photography stuff. And and that's how it kind of happened. So I had so already... You got to see it for yourself, basically, and get over some of the misgivings that you might have had if somebody just came to you cold. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was just being an engineer and somebody was like, hey, you should do porn. It was... Mm-hmm. More of a slippery slope. And, you know, it's it's like a lot of things in life where you think, like, I love to build stuff. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if, if I went in, I, I thought I wanted to be an engineer because I wanted to go work on things. But when you are actually working in engineering at a corporation, it's more likely that you'll work in a uh, program management or you'll work in a systems engineering. Like, I, I'd done a lot of different things where you saw how much of it was corporate bullshit mm-hmm. and not really building stuff. And because I'm not a, a great designer, like as an engineer, okay. like I was a systems engineer. So I did a lot of troubleshooting. Mm-hmm. I worked on uh, fluid systems for optical systems that were like space-based. Okay. So that's no big like deal. Yeah, just one of those. <laughs> but, but, but it's like, it's like I mean, it sounds fancy, but the day-to-day of it is what I imagine being in the military is like where it's like you're watching paint dry most of the time. Mm. You're sitting there with a test for six months just making sure that nothing strange happens once it's set up so so it's not really it's not you're not building stuff that's going like it's 
Someday it will, but these are 10, yeah, 15, 20. links in the program. chain. And, yeah. yeah, you've got your little tiny piece. And so um, that's the thing. What I realized, you know, in terms of perception, life is what you make of it. So mm -hmm. so you have a choice. Like being an adult actress is something you can do from like the age of 20 to 40 if you're lucky. Mm -hmm. So you get it while the getting's good. It's not something that I can decide in 10 years, hey, I want to do that instead. Mm -hmm. So, So I made the decision also based on you got to do things when it's the right time in life to do them. It's not a long, long-term career. And I think a lot of the yeah. girls don't understand that. And that's when they get bitter 10 years later. That's because they didn't, they didn't account for that. Mm -hmm. So, um, how long did, I guess, I guess what my next question was, you know, how long before things, uh, you know, really got rolling in your initial experience, uh, to where you get to where you are today, where you decided, Hey, you know what, this is, this is going well. What experiences, happened to you that you remember for uh, you know that you can make examples of that that made you think you know what this is fine and I am comfortable with this and this is a good way that I would like to go for a little while well so what happened was somebody approached me and said hey you know you want to pick up this um this this gig and I had been doing some little modeling work on the side because I knew all these people in the industry so I'd do some yeah. model posing and I'd help with photography and whatever and uh somebody said you want to do porn and I thought well God, wouldn't that be an interesting life experience? I'm going to put that on the bucket list. Like, what's the worst that can happen? It's absolutely awful. But now, absolutely. With, you know, with with the internet, it, maybe I do one bad scene and I'm not proud of it, and it gets buried somewhere on the internet, never to be seen again. And who cares, right? So I set on set foot on a set, and I did one, and then I I was like, oh, this is just like the production I've been doing, except we're shooting content, which is sex. It's really the only difference. So I did it once, and I went, oh, this is pretty cool. I can actually, I can kind of get into this. Um, it was super fun, super easy, very, everyone's really respectful, everything's very above board, because when people deal with taboo, they don't tend to be actually, ironically, as creepy about it, because it's just all, it's like every day is what we do, mm -hmm, we, mm -hmm. three, three times a day we film people having sex, so there's mm -hmm. not really a lot of sliminess with it. A lot of weirdness, just, yeah, they, there's yeah. an old joke, people, actually, people in uh, my line of work used to say this about me, uh, was, you know, there's an old joke about, you know, there's that, there's that bouncer sitting in the back of the strip club who's been working uh -huh. as a bouncer for 20 fucking years, yeah. seen more pussy than a veterinarian he don't care if he never sees another one again, like that kind of that kind of deal. So. Exactly, it was exactly like that, and I and so I you know I enjoyed it, and then somebody else offered me a job. It, like it was it, this one mm -hmm. person. It kind of helped set me up with a few jobs. I thought, well, I did a couple, and I thought, well, I could do this like part time. And I I never planned to leave production. I thought, well, let me pick up maybe two or three shoots a month, and it'll be kind of a fun thing. The, the industry is kind of competitive, yeah. so um, I went into an agency. And I'm still with them, and I love them because I walked in, and the agent goes, "Well, you're older, and you're Latina, <laughs> and I don't think you know if you're lucky, maybe we'll get you work four days. You know, you might have four shoots a month." And I thought, I like that. I like people who are honest with me like that. They they weren't trying to sell me a dream. It's just mm -hmm. this is what it is. So I thought, okay, that sounds pretty good. And you know what? Four days a month, I can schedule around my production schedule. Like, why not? And I got into it, and then I started working every day. I mean, the first two, three months, I, I just started booking all the time. And, and I mean, it got to the point by, like, month three, I'm going, wow, do I, do I have days off? I get a day off every three days, maybe, if I was lucky. If I was lucky. It, it, but it was – that's a lot of work for somebody in my industry. And then it just kind of 
kept going from there. I mean, it, it hasn't really slowed down. Like, even when other girls are slow, I'm still working. To, for Actually, ironically, because there's not a lot of Latinas in the MILF category, so there's like five of us in the industry that are active performers. And um, if you're a professional in the industry, it goes pretty far. So it's 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 like anything else. If you do good work, people will hire you. Absolutely. Do good work and you're easy to deal with and yeah. and handle your business in a professional manner. Exactly. Um, which okay, which kind of leads into my into my next question, which was, um, you know, you've you've talked about how it was then and how you feel about it, uh, how it was then, how you felt about it then. So now, now looking back, like you're happy, happy that you went the route you did, happy you made the change, everything's been as good or better than you expected it to be. Oh, it's been it's been such a wild ride. I'm really actually grateful for it because, um. You know, people are, uh, there's a lot of judgment about the people who do what I do, but I'm very lucky to be at an age and at a point in my life where I really don't care about that. I do things because I want to do them. And it's been a great experience. The industry has been very good to me. The people have been really good to me. The work is fun. And it's the kind of thing that someday if I ever get to sit down and write a memoir and I'm lucky enough to live to an old age, it's something that I can be proud of saying, hey, I really experienced a lot in life. I, I took chances and I took risks and I was rewarded for it and you know and, and I'm okay with that and there's there are things there are people who judge me there are people who are you know I'll, I'll never be able to work as a kindergarten teacher or as a nurse or what have you but I went into it knowing that is so, that is that uh really well is it you just know, because of pe- the way people feel about what is, it, is there any actual rules against it or is it just yeah, it's usually if you work if you try to work with anything with children, usually there's some person, usually some woman somewhere finds out about your prior job and the, the she was skanking around on fucking porn sites. Exactly. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Exactly. That's there's no real like law per se, but the, that's yeah. usually those are the careers. I mean, for me, honestly, I I'm still friends with a lot of my engineering buddies. You got to understand, I worked with nothing but men for years. So a lot of my engineering buddies, they know what I do now. They're like, fuck yeah. If well, I, course, if I, yeah. <laughs> I fucking do it too. So, so it's kind of funny because like all those guys that I worked with, they don't think any less of me of it. I mean, I'm, I'm still the same person who worked with them before. And so I can go back to my field if I want. It's not really a big deal. Well, that gets into, I think just the way that, and obviously everyone out there is going to be like, oh, well, of course they think it's cool because they're fucking dudes. But right. a big part of it is because of, and we're we're jumping into the philosophy a little earlier than I thought, but <laughs> but a big part of that is because of the way that society puts females in a box and the way mm-hmm. that society puts males in a box. Right. From the second you come out, females are told, you know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Well, on the right. other hand, it's encouraged with males, but this also allows males to have a bigger because the way I see it, what I've always said about it was, I mean, like I said, I don't watch a lot but from what i have seen um none of these are girls that i would throw out of the bed anyway so why not get paid you know i don't like that's just the way i look at it and and it's probably the way that it's been um is that as a female performer is that for the most part how it is with you as well or is there a lot of days that it's just i'm punching in the clock and you know doing what i do is that part of your professional mindset or most of the time you're like yeah 
this dude knows what he's doing or, you know, looks all right. Yeah. I would do this anyway, so why does not why not get paid? <laughs> well, they always say if, if you know how to do something well, always get paid for it. But exactly. I, I think, uh, yeah, for me, I, I I love the guys I work with. I, I Porn sets are fun. I mean, they're fun. Well, they're not, not me. <laughs> fun. I mean, we have our days. Believe me, we've yeah, got our like, yeah, long days and we're everyone. shooting a feature and people mm-hmm. are tired. And it's, it's work. It is work. But even on the worst day on a porn set, I still would probably rather be there doing work than doing work somewhere else because it's still funny and fun and every day is a little different and um you know the people are entertaining as all hell i mean they're really funny people as a as a role and it's you know there are days where you're punching in there are mm-hmm. but for the most part see we get to choose who we work with mostly yeah, exactly. like yep. like if if somebody's really an asshole i can put them on a on a no list and i don't have to deal with them so pretty much anybody i'm dealing with either I don't know or I already know them and I like them and there's only really about actively like top male performers in the industry there's only about 20 to 30 of them um, there's like 100 male performers in total but the top top are 20 to 30 and with the female performers it's kind of the same thing where there's like a thousand female performers but there's like top top 150 so we're all seeing each other all the time I mean it's like mm-hmm. it's a really small industry and mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, and it's a good, um, you know, they, it's like you, you brought up, there's kind of a double standard, but see for women like me, like I was always one of the guys in a lot of ways. I went to school for engineering. I worked with dudes. I, I, my mentality was always more like that. So I don't understand the stigma really in the same way. And I think that, you know, a lot of the, what I've noticed is a lot of the women who are especially judgmental are the first ones as soon as they hit 50, they're out there slutting around trying to get their well, youth back. That's what I was just so, about to say is all these women passing judgment on you are out there fucking people who aren't their husbands or their boyfriends and yeah. they're doing the shit for free. So yeah. I don't know what they're mad about. Yeah. Um, they're just mad that you're getting paid to do what they wish they could do. Um, exactly. I would like, and if it's okay, if you can't you know share industry stuff, then that's yeah. fine, but I would you bring up what you said interested me how does one go about being considered one of the top performers like what separates the top performers and makes them the top performers both on the female and on the male side it's kind of reputation based i mean you know when you start out you're a nobody that's the way the industry works like you start out and you're not really anybody special and then over time, if you work enough or you work a lot and, and producers and directors like you and they hire you, um, you just kind of start to ascend until you're working with the top tier of people. And that's usually how that goes. It's like, it's like, it's just like, it happened to me like this year, I'm nominated for a bunch of stuff at the awards and that's kind of where they delineate it. Like if you're nominated for the top performer awards in your category, like that's it. Like, like in my category, there's, 10 or 12 of us that are nominated mm-hmm. so that tells you who in the industry is kind of in their relevance and then within that there's like another 20 or 30 that are also relevant and working but just not in the top tier this year but it's it's such a small industry like it, people the, in my group it's a little bit more consistent because we're all older and mm-hmm. so we kind of choose to be there but the young girls I mean they come and go yeah I, I've noticed that a lot like the the people who are new star, new starlets, you know, just a little while ago are, are never to be heard from again. So yeah. what kind of stuff, because you said people ascend and they work a lot yeah. and they get people, you know, people, producers like working that with them. Um, 
like I said, this this probably sounds silly, but you know, total outsider here. So mm-hmm. is that dependent on like um, ha- handling themselves in a professional manner? Um, mm-hmm. Their shall we say uh, abilities on mm-hmm. camera, mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's basically there's there's three factors. We always say there's like three factors to a performer. There's how they are on set, how professional they are, how they look, and how well they perform. And the triune of that is if you get a performer that can do all three, then they will work constantly. If you have a performer that can do two, they'll probably work well enough. Like, like you'll have a, a, a performer that looks amazing and is a great performer, but if she's a total bitch and she shows up two hours late and gets a reputation for that, then... She'll people will still hire her because she looks good. She's a good performer. But but when people are trying to book like these constant shoots and they just want an easy day, they go, "I'm going to bring in my ringers who are going to show up on time. They're not going to be on drugs. They're going to do their job. They're you know going to bring whatever they need to bring." And and it's really not a lot. There's there are some girls who are amazing performers and very professional, but they don't have the looks. Like, so they're, you know, so that's kind of a, an unfair one and they'll still work, but they just won't get as popular as they should. Like it, and then, and then you have like just flukes, you know, sometimes it's just the fans go crazy over some girl and everyone in the industry mm-hmm. is like, even people in the industry are like, I don't really get it, but she sells a lot. So we'll just hire her. Mm-hmm. Like, it, so there's that too, but it's, it's, there's the part where they hire people for for how much things are going to sell. And then there's the part where they hire people based on, I want to have an easy day mm-hmm. with easy scenes. So bring in my ringers. And if you bring my ringers then we know we're going to get a decent scene and then we can be done. So, okay. That's easy to, that's easy to, to grasp on the female side because mm-hmm. the looks aspect and da, da, da. But what, what about the, what about the male side? What, what makes, uh, you know, males act ascend to be in the, in the top realm because the roles are, are different. Yeah, the men are really, and it's funny how, you know, the feminists like to say that women are objectified in porn, but it's actually the men who are objectified because the men are literally just like, there. They're to, studs. To be a stunt dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. They're, yeah, they're studs. They're it's brought all about in. you. Yeah. They fuck the girl. Uh-huh. You take it. But the guys, I mean, in half of the scenes, you don't even see the guy's face. You have no clue who it is. Um, yeah. Usually with the guys, it's a matter of consistent performance. So people, the guys in the industry are paid a lot less than yeah. we are. We're, we're well, paid. Well, I mean, Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they don't sell the product. Well, you know, some of the guys who are big stars, if they're like big sellers, they will get paid as much as we get paid because their name and their brand actually sells product. But mm-hmm. um, I'm just thinking, you know, I show up and somebody like you are there. I'm like, hey, just give me a Dr. Pepper and a sandwich. And we're good. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, that's like, and, and, you know, sometimes the, 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 the producers will say that, like, I'm not even paying you today. You get the hot girls today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's still work for them um especially for the guys and people don't think about this like like the guys tend to work more often because there's fewer of them so it all evens out but they get paid less but the problem is it can also affect their personal relationships because you get a guy who's like performing once twice a day he's not going to go home and be doing his chick right so so it's kind of a like they're it it affects their personal lives more than it affects ours Mm -hmm. also you know people don't think about this you got to get hard on command. You got to do the scene. The, the positions, some of them are really weird and uncomfortable and things that you'd never do in real life. It's athletics. And then on top of it, they have to come on command. All right, we got our 25 minutes. All right, time for the pop. 
So no says, shit. No yeah, shit. That's how it works. That's how it works. Wow. So, <laughs> so we come in. Guys got to just get hard. And, and if this guy's taken ten, like 10 minutes to get hard, no go, man. He's not a ringer. So the top guys are the ones who are known. Come in, dig hard, do the scenes, no problems, no complaints, get the thing, performing with the girls well. A lot of the girls need a guy who's kind of strong, who kind of wrangles them around, yeah. especially the younger girls. Well, that's, well, that's Did, what I was going to ask next. Is it kind of um, are guys kind of calling spots as far as like, okay, now we're going here, now we're going here, now we're flipping over here, um, or how does that work? It depends on the scene. So like Okay, so since I'm older and I do a lot of the milfy kind of roles, I have more say in how things are done. Like, I tend to work with the male talent on, okay, let's do this, let's do that. Or the director's just going, hey, I want this, 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 and this. And, we, and then we do it. Um, the With the younger girls, usually if they've got, like, a younger girl and then a tenured performer, he's going to be just, like, tossing her around. Like, okay, we're doing this. Because she doesn't know. She's, like, been here two months. So So he's kind of guiding her through and taking care of it. Yeah. Exactly. Especially when you get into some of these weird scenes, like, foot fetish scenes or weird positions. And there's one guy I love. He's a great guy to work with. His name is uh, Bill Bailey. And he, he... he and I did the like the first foot fetish scene I'd never done, mm-hmm. and he was awesome because I'm like I have no clue like like who thinks about that like you you know you gotta have your feet in a certain who's the fuck like, indeed yeah <laughs> right? right but it's a it's a huge like market so he is so excellent as a male performer he's like in the scene like put my foot in a position like trusting that I'll keep it there but like he's doing the wrangling mm-hmm. and and that's what makes a, a a male performer valuable so it's kind of like the guys have to do a lot of the real work. Um, when I perform with them, it's a little different because I'm, I'm older and also a larger woman, and so my scenes are not... <laughs> a larger Oh, I'm tall. Girl, but please. No, but it's true. <laughs> but, like, but, like, you know, a lot of these girls are teeny tiny. They're 5'1", they're 5'2". Yeah, I've seen a they're, couple. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're like a buck oh five at the most. I mean... Mm-hmm. I'm 5'8", 140. I'm a, I'm a big girl. For the yeah, industry, that's, so. that's for a real man, though. That's okay. <laughs> but that's, but there's, a, there's a difference in, in how we perform. And so mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Like, a lot of the, um, the guys that, you know, seem really huge to these little girls, like, when I'm paired with them, it's fine. So there's a, there's a lot of dynamics there. Yeah, absolutely. Together. But the guys are really key in making for a good scene. Yeah. Um, so if I – so when they go in, when you guys go in – the uh-huh. director will say like, "Okay, you guys, we need to get 25 minutes from you." And mm-hmm. then, and then when they get to 25 minutes, they're like, "Okay, like go ahead." Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah that so. sounds insane to me. <laughs> like, yeah, how can you that, do that? Like, like we get our 25 minutes and see a good performer. Like after a while, you have an inner clock where mm-hmm. we know we're like, "Okay, like we know we got our 25 minutes, or we know we got five minutes of this position." And we kind of switch. So, uh, like some directors are like standing off site, like, "Okay, you got your five minutes. Okay, now switch into doggy or whatever." Mm-hmm. And then some of them just kind of go, "All right, we're putting out the cameras on you, 25 minutes, and then we'll tell you when the pop is." And they trust that you're going to be able to. Uh, give them enough variety in that 25 minutes. And that's where a good performer is key because then they go, oh, we love having whoever on set because she doesn't need a lot of direction. And then okay. they go like this and they go, all right, and they either cut for the pop. So like cut it and then you got a minute to, or sometimes we'll do all the hardcore and then we'll stop and then we'll have to do softcore for mm-hmm. 20 minutes. Wow. And then we'll come back and then, and then we'll do the pop or sometimes, like sometimes we, then you have to do sex deals. So like a lot of times that happens either before or after the scene. So you either run it through before your market 
with the sex stills and they take pictures and then we go into do the hardcore scene or we do the scene and then we cut before the pop and then we do all the pictures and what? then we go back to the pop. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> so that is insane. How yeah. do you No, that's wow. Um, yeah. That, so do guy, you guys work out? Okay, so since it's like a, such a pressure situation. Now, remember, yeah. me, this is just me thinking, you know, just how normal sex works. Yeah, yeah. So do you guys set up, like, an idea of, like, okay, when we get our five-minute, when we get our go-home cue for the uh-huh. pop, like, do you guys work out, like, okay, this is how, this is this is what works for me so we can get this, can we, so we can get it on time? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. is that something yep. planned, or do you just know, or you're like, does it, do you have like a go-to move, your finisher? <laughs> like, how does that work? Well, all the guys are so different, and usually mm-hmm. it's part of their job to be able to psych themselves into popping. And this is where a, a good male talent is invaluable. They, wow. They've got because Because, you know, like, I think I'm pretty easy to work with. I'm not on any no lists. And, so, and I help the guys out, but... It's not always like that, especially if they're dealing with some girl who's brand new. She's like, I don't know what to do. So the guy's going to have, he's got to be responsible for coming on command, even if he's totally not into this girl or she's being a bitch or whatever. That's got to happen. And so um, it's, it's some guys, they're like, I need five minutes. Some guys are like, all right, just give me 30 seconds. And, and then we set it up like, pop's going to go here. It's going to go there. And so we know that ahead of time. And then. That is insane. That is yeah. a true talent. That's. Yeah. unthinkable to me <laughs> like... it's, it's work and it's and it's athletics and it's you know and I think the guys are the unsung heroes in the industry a lot of people don't realize um, the guys almost they have the harder job well, <laughs> pun intended yeah. well and I noticed that um, like your major male performers they seem like they're around a lot longer than yeah. your girls who come and go year in and year out because and it's becoming clear to me and all listeners exactly why that is because yeah. That's a fucking talent and a half to be able to not only be in control of that in a situation with a lady that looks like yourself or uh-huh. other people, um, but to be able to do that on a regular basis is yeah. That's fucking impressive. Um, yeah. Okay, since we, I, I definitely don't want to spend the whole show <laughs> on on the industry because there's so much more to you than that. Um, just real quick, can you come up with some examples of? Um, of misnomers of people perceptions that people might have of the industry can you tell us a couple of things a couple of examples of things that you would never think like this is how this works like this is how it really is uh okay so the average start time or call time on a a porn set is like 9 a.m oh so you know you think everybody thinks that like we're like doing drugs and it's boogie nights but actually Mm -hmm. most of the people who work in the porn industry who do the production part and these are the people who really make like we're performers but the people who really make everything happen are behind the cameras they run the cameras they run the audio they put the lights up they do the editing those people run it like it's mainstream industry and a lot of them work in mainstream and they use fake names in porn because the mainstream industry looks down on us so much. Um, and a lot of them start production at 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m. We show up. It's not unusual. I show up at 9 a.m., get my makeup done, go do pictures. Um, it, they're, they're sets. I mean, it's it's like we're doing TV shows with skeleton crews. It's pretty much how it runs. Uh, the people in the industry are some of the most interesting, rebellious, intelligent people that you could meet. These are people who especially the ones who've been in the industry for a while or who consciously made the choice they're they're the rebels of society they're the people who are the red pill so to speak i mean they look at the world and they say well 
I'm going to make my own rules. I'm going to do what I, I feel like doing. I, I know people who have master's degrees in engineering from, from Rutgers. I know uh, girls who have master's degrees in biochem. I mean, you don't know this. I'm more transparent about my education background and what have you than a lot of the other performers are. And a lot of them have a lot more going on for themselves. And there's also some real dummies in the industry. That's like, yeah. there's some stupid, stupid people in the industry too. And so it just depends. I mean, it's like any other industry, but it's not, we're not as party and as different as people think that we are. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So wanted to roll into the other stuff that you have going on and a lot uh-huh. of stuff that you and I uh, meet in the middle on. Um, you are very outspoken in your, your feelings about um, uh, feminists and mm-hmm. um, a lot of really leftist uh, male guilt, a lot of stuff like that. Do mm-hmm. um, you want to lay out, because to me, um, now this is my part of it, you know, when feminists put down... Um, you know, sex workers, whether they be, or people in the sex industry, whether they be in porn, whether they be on cam, um, whether they be escorts, um, mm-hmm. I don't, I, it, it, it actually grows more of a, a, a schism between, uh, you know, you need to look out for everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. is still a human being. Everybody is making their own choices. Um, right. everybody deserves respect and to care about how, you know, how they feel and how they're doing. And, um, they shouldn't just be shunned because you don't, your sensibilities don't agree with what they do in life. Um, they still deserve, you know, proper health care. They still deserve proper, um, you know, mental care if they need it or want it. Um, mm-hmm. they still pres- deserve to be treated like, you know, people there's no there's no reason and to keep continue to shun them and to continue to put them down like they're not a part of your community only mm-hmm. puts them further away from being taken care of properly and people looking out for them the way that they pe- that everybody else gets looked out for and that's fucking right. bullshit if you're into the the advancement of females you should be mm-hmm. for the advancement of them to get equal pay to be free with their body to do what they want to do and not have anybody else or society tell them what they should be doing as long as they're happy and they're safe that's all that should matter um so you tell me what where you're at on that well i you know i people some people say feminism has changed but i think feminism has always been for wealthy women who secretly hate men and that's it. And, and I say this because even if you go back to the suffragettes, most of the suffragettes who are very raw, raw women need the vote. Hey, women were getting the vote in Idaho and Wyoming and all kinds of places out west where women were making valuable contributions to society. So, so suffrage, you know, the suffrage, suffragettes, especially uh, in New England, these were wealthy white women. And it's the same thing now. Most of the, the feminists, especially the sex worker exclusive ones, Look, feminists don't like sex workers because we put a price on something that they use as leverage against men, which is sex. <laughs> and they don't like that because we, we make it accessible to men at a real, hey, hey, here's here's the cost. Here's what it is. And especially women like me who make it so fucking accessible that you can get on PornTube right now and watch me for free. Now, feminists don't like that because they like to think of themselves. They really have this Victorian pussy on a pedestal mentality about themselves. They think they're really special because they have vaginas. I have a real problem with them. They also have increasingly embodied misandry. They hate men right now. And I've, I've never seen anything like it. I, you know, it started in Mm -hmm. the eighties. I remember growing up, 
when media started to change, they, it was all about making men look like they're dunces all the time. But now it's gotten to the point where hashtags like kill all men are trending. And, and I will speak out against this. And guess what? They, they say, oh, you have internalized misogyny. No, you know what? I've worked with men my whole life. All this stuff about there's all this misogyny. I worked in engineering and none of those guys ever tried to keep me out of the field. They were happy to have a gal around. I had guys teaching me how to how to uh, weld and how to use all kinds of tooling. I mean, they were happy to have my little fingers around to do thermal coupling and, mm-hmm. and handle, handle the little tiny precision bearings that their fingers couldn't handle. So I've never experienced this kind of quote-unquote misogyny from Western men. I have experienced it places abroad where misogyny is a part of their culture. But these Western women who are complaining about the men in our culture who I find to be really wonderful men, especially taken in context of the world, I'm sick of it. And I'm sick of them using... Uh, they like to use sex workers and gays and minorities. And see, I fit in the gay minority sex worker because I'm bisexual, right? So I so I fit in that triumph. And they really want me to be their shield. And they want me to stand out and vote for collectivism and vote for, for more taxes and, and allow the government to run all over us. Well, I'm a libertarian. And the last thing I need is more government. And that's the last thing any of us need, sex me workers too, included. Solid, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. like like the best way to protect sex workers is to decriminalize the work. Decriminalize Not, the, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't need legislation. I don't need the government up my ass about what I do. And all of us have the right to sell our labor however we want but a lot of this these these feminists are very liberal leftists and they want government intervention in every fucking thing we do and so i'm in constant war with the feminists because they at the core of it they want every they're authoritarians they want everybody legislated per their own whims for their whims yeah and they're hypocrites and they're complete hypocrites and i have done tons of fundraising i i um founded one of the first actually the first porn for charity effort it's called the porn charity you can go to my website theporncharity.org and we fundraised to send uh, uh, a young woman to college for uh, <laughs> selling porn we we did a camp show we sent a young woman to school for STEM for computer science um, I also uh we did a fundraiser for Cytheria. She was a porn actress that got raped, who the feminists didn't want to talk about. And they didn't want to talk about it because she didn't get raped by frat boys. She got raped by three young African-American boys in her home, armed invasion, 3 a.m. They sexually assaulted her in front of her children. And the feminists didn't want to touch the story because it's the progressive stack. They don't want to talk about issues of race. They only like to talk about it when they can vilify white men. And this is a problem I have with them, too. And I'm really, really, really sick of it. I'm tired of being their shield as a Hispanic woman. Absolutely. And um, one more time, that website was – is it still going on? You still do, do uh-huh. stuff through there, theporncharity.org? Is that what you said? <laughs> The porncharity.org. I'm waiting to get the finalization on my 501c3 paperwork. I we set it in motion. The government bureaucracy takes forever. Forever. So, Don't I know it? <laughs> so so we did some fundraisers in conjunction with another group called the Fine Young Capitalist earlier this year, and then we helped fundraise for Cytheria. So I'm wait like once that paperwork gets in, I plan to like create more active. Um, efforts with it, but for now it's it's there. You can go. I think you can sign up on the site. I'll have to check that up. If not, go to mercedescarrera.net. Um, I have a bunch of things. We'll talk about that later when we get into veterans. But that's I, I do this, and this is the thing. I I actually believe in fundraising and in helping people, but I also think that life is about merit. And I'm really really sick of people thinking that it's okay to judge other people based on their gender or their ethnicity. 
theporncharity.org. All of you <laughs> scrubs out there listening to that, write it down, use it. Um, so that's all. That's all super understandable. I'm right there with you. I've always been a big proponent. Um, as you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really do the politics that much because, <laughs> as someone who's um, traveled the world and seen a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, and seen how things work in our government, I kind of don't have any faith whatsoever in anything that happens yep. up there. Um, yep. So I just do what I do in the world because I feel like it's the right thing to do. Um, yep not for any type of banner or for whatever. Um, But as, you know, with somebody with libertarian leanings, um, I've always thought, you know, everything, everything should be, should be legalized, regulated and taken care of. You know how much, how much crime you eliminate and on, on your guys on not, well, not really your guys because porn isn't illegal, but um, you know, for sex workers, for escorts, for things like that, how much Mm -hmm. violence you cut out, how many STDs you cut out, Mm -hmm. how many just, just, and, and, and I know we might differ on this one, but Hey, I'm, I'm down with taxing 10%. If people Mm -hmm. are going to do it, people, there's a reason it's the the oldest, the oldest fucking uh, occupation in the world. People are going to do it. Use the right. money to to help your police force, to help your schools, to help. Right. It's happening. People need yep. to need to let go of this 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 Christian nation um, mm-hmm. viewpoint and understand that like it's happening and it's going to happen. What you need right. to do is is figure out a way to protect these girls, to decriminalize them, to mm-hmm. make sure that they have proper medical care because it is it is a service that they provide. There is a reason, you know, we discussed off air that I'm very much strongly into ancient history. And right. there's a reason that this was a almost a state run type of thing mm-hmm. back in, you know, some of the strongest empires in the world. The Roman oh, yeah. Empire used to have yeah. followers camp where yeah. a camp of, you know, prostitutes and and gambling yeah. people and all that used to stay two miles behind the army everywhere it went and yeah. they made ton of money and took care of people on the road, took care of their yeah. needs. Um yeah. There's a reason that stuff has worked so well for so long, and people yep. need to get over their sensibilities and do what's right for the people of their country. Well, and most of the people who are actually driving the hysteria around sex work, because look, it's not as dangerous as people have you had. It's it's the feminists, it's the women who who want to keep men from being able to purchase sex. They're the ones who say, oh, these poor prostitutes, it's so dangerous. I know tons of girls who escort. I know tons of them. And you know what? It's really, really, really unusual for a guy who's coming to pay for sex to want to hurt this woman. He's want to hurt her. He wants to have sex with her. There's like, that's, that's, yeah. it, it's irrational. Like, it doesn't work that way. If somebody's already going, yeah, 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 I'll fuck you. You just got to give me money. And the guy's like, cool, here's money. Like, there's not really an, as much opportunity for violence there. So a lot of this this moral freak out thing that's happening, it's coming from the very women who want it banned because they want it banned because guess what? If men can go buy sex, why will they go put up with shit from some woman who's going to cost them just as much money for a date and probably is not going to put out? And that's what the feminists don't like because what it does is it forces them to up their game, bring something to the table intellectually. Because mm-hmm. if because if it's, if he's just dating you for sex, then guess what? He can go get that from an escort. I, well, that's why they don't want it legal. And that's what I always used to tell girls back <clears> in my in my dating days was, <clears throat> you know, they didn't stop making them when they made yours, yeah. sweetie. So you should probably exactly. like be cool too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. 
That's uh, why escorts are some of the coolest girls that you'll meet. Because the other thing is that when you deal with men all day, you suddenly have more empathy for them. A lot of these guys are going to escorts because they're because lonely. They a lot can't of them get it at home. Yep. They're, yep. Yeah, they're they're you know, and they don't want to. How, how many times? And I've escorted before, so I can speak to this. A lot of these guys are like, "Hey, I don't want to leave my wife." I'm so glad I don't... you said that because I have a question that's upset a lot of porn chicks that I've talked to, and I'm glad that I can ask it to you. So go yeah, ahead. Yeah. We'll yeah. No, it's yeah. it's like look, like this is you know. This is the thing where a lot of these men, you'll hear these stories. These guys are like, I would, I love my wife and I don't want to leave, but I need sex. And I think a lot of women don't understand that for men, biologically, sex is as much of a need as food is. And so, because because it's just a matter of testosterone production, it's yep. biology, and they don't want to accept that men and women truly are different biologically, so they can't understand. There was a study, this woman who's a lesbian went on testosterone for a year, and she wrote about it, about how functionally different she felt mm. every day in regards to sex and sexuality, because that's just what testosterone does. It's a it's biochemistry. Well, it's how- so we were designed you want to lay your seed in as many places you can so that the population can continue and that's something that people just make people make way too big of a deal of shit like that like at the bottom line it's just nature it's how we were designed there's a reason that dicks get hard and pussies are wet like it's how it's supposed to work you feel the way that you feel towards women because you're supposed to be driven to populate the earth with more of you right Right. And, and a lot of these guys, their love for their wives was enough to keep them in the relationship when, quite frankly, you think, well, God, I mean, their needs aren't being met and they're staying because they love their wife or their kids. But they're like, OK, well, the safer thing than having a relationship at my work is to just pay some gal who's going to not intervene with my life. Yeah. I think that's practical. I understand that. And I think that a lot of women... They're very controlling and they want to own their guy's sexuality. They like have this thing like I own your dick now. And it's just not how life works. So what I am really pumped that I get to ask you because I wanted to, but I didn't want to upset you because you've been so cool and so sweet about being (laughs) on the show. Um, A lot of girls in the Uh industry, when you make a comparison between Uh porn and escorting, Mm -hmm. they will flip the fuck out. Right. And I'm not to be insensitive, but I've just, I've never understood it because to me, it's, you're talking about check marks on the sides of boxes. Right. Getting paid, sex, mm-hmm. someone you don't know. Right. That to me, and to like, you know, I think the average person on the street, that's how you would look at it is um, conceptually, they're, uh-huh. they're very similar. Obviously, there's, you know, um, safety measures and, um, mm-hmm. And health measures, but if you took that off the table, if it's somebody who's a safe person to be with, if you're mm. very, if you know that they're clean, it's sex with someone that you don't know for money, and sex with someone you don't know for money. Um, mm-hmm. When okay, I, I'd like to ask about the whole thing. Were you yeah. escorting at the same time that you were in porn, or? Well, so okay, so let me put it. Uh, I'm going to say this because escorting is not technically legal. So I will say I have escorted, Mm -hmm. and that's what I'll say. Um, 
here, here's why. You want to understand why the girls freak out? Here's the history on this, and you'll appreciate this. So in the 80s and 90s, in the porn industry, people were only tested every like one to three months. And at that time, the HIV test was the ELISA test. And so sometimes it, it, the ELISA test looks for the antibodies to HIV, not the virus itself. So it'll take like three months before the HIV virus shows up in the ELISA test. So as a result, the women who were escorting in the industry in the 80s and 90s were blackballed because everybody was terrified of HIV. And so so what happened in the industry is it became verboten to escort or to imply that you escort or to openly escort or what have you. And the reason was because the industry itself would blackball you for fear of HIV. Now, these days... Everybody gets tested all the time. Every two weeks, and we're on the microRNA test, which will pick up the virus in the blood before it actually is at a viral load where you can transmit it to others. Mm -hmm. So our our HIV testing works. There hasn't been an onset HIV transmission since 2004. Mm -hmm. So it's 11 years. So it's a different world. But the porn industry, a lot of the veterans still carry with this, this like, oh, there's a stigma to escorting, not to mention the fact that it is illegal. So you have, it's illegal, so the girls don't want to say it's the same, because porn is legal. And see, that's a battle that's, porn is always right there on the risk, there's always a risk of it being well, illegal that, That's the question, too, when I have my arguments about, about, you know, legalization of sex work. What is the difference between, and I mean, obviously... Not your situation, because escorting is escorting. Um, that means you just hung out with somebody. That doesn't mean anything had to have occurred, right. and it was agreed upon exactly. by a price. But I will say, on the prostitution part of it, uh, uh-huh. part of the conversation, I mean, um, that what, you know, we did our check marks on the boxes, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a camera involved in one, so now it's legal. Well, like, there's a... that's how you know that's how I <laughs> that's how I use that argument. I'm like, why why are we so upset about thinking about legalizing this on this side when you could help so many people? Well, see, and and I I think that prostitution and escorting are a wonderful service, and especially for people who goddamn right they are. Uh, you know, especially for men who are like ill or elderly and lonely. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of um, actually one of my favorite stories. Um, is out of uh, Tibetan Tantra and this is interesting and I I thought God wouldn't this be amazing if it still existed and it doesn't but uh, back in the you know like I think second century BC in India they used to have these they're like tantric centers outside of town Mm -hmm. but their actual function was for the soldiers so once men went to war when they came back from war they didn't go straight back home to town they actually went right back to these temples Mm -hmm. and for two weeks to a month the tantricas that were basically sacred prostitutes Mm -hmm. they would bathe the men in oil and they would Mm -hmm. care for them and they would basically counsel them and heal them and help Mm -hmm. them as they said regain their humanity and because in war you forget your humanity and this was a way for them to reconnect and also feel like they were loved and cared for if they didn't have anyone to go back to and at the end of it there was like a you know once they were done with that they put them in new clothes and send them back out the front doors back into town and I think that that's a really beautiful way to kind of handle a lot of PTSD issues and I think how like how many soldiers would benefit from that so there's a there's a benefit to it the industry itself the girls in the industry don't want to be thought of as escorts because there used to be such a stigma around it. The reality of it, realistically, probably at least 90, 80 to 90% of the performers do escort. Hmm. 
Well, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it does. And they shouldn't – well, obviously, they, you know, keep things under wraps because of legality issues. But I don't think there should be any – there shouldn't be any shame in, in that at all. Um, right. And for anybody wondering, you know, you're talking about the followers thing and how that would help so much with people coming home from, from overseas. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm sure you've probably heard of it. Out there in Nevada, old, old Hoff, mm-hmm. and, Hoff and the ladies, they do offer a discount to all my boys out there listening. So That's good. Yeah, I think... a little, little party time if you need that. <laughs> I think there's a benefit to that. And I think that having women who are trained... Some of the best escorts I know are some of the most compassionate women. They're really doing healing work and they don't even realize it because I think it's like people look at sex I think there's also kind of a misunderstanding that for a lot of men there's a real emotional connection to sex and so when men are like like when women reject men when women reject the men in their lives when wives reject their husbands for sex they're basically rejecting them emotionally and I don't think that's something that a lot of women have realized Uh, it's it's definitely that's right on and um hardcore because I you know I remember in in, in relationships uh, I had had you know um, I was a fairly uh, shall we say friendly physically to the person that I was with on yeah. you know an above average basis uh, uh-huh. frequency wise and um, when that's like one of the the deepest hurts that there is is for the person yeah. that you're with to not want to you know be with you in that way um, right so you're absolutely right um that's all stuff. Uh, moving on from the, the political stuff, unless you do have anything that you wanted to. Oh, yeah, almost forgot this one. Um, <laughs> and I'll just sit back and let let you go. Um, you recently worked with an individual who was mm-hmm. uh, been in the news a lot in uh-huh. your industry. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who knows about the industry out there knows. We don't got to go into names and accusations and the details, um, but um, your experience with them was was fine and totally professional, from what mm-hmm. I understand. Right. Um, uh, you're talking about James Dean, and I've worked with oh, him. Oh, okay. So- go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked with him several times. He's always been very respectful and very professional of my boundaries on set. Um I've never heard anything personally bad about him until these accusations came out. I know a lot of women have worked with him many times. Uh, He does rough sex scenes. That's part of what he does. And this is, you know, it's, it's also, it's very interesting to see how in the span of 280 characters and two tweets online, uh, a man's entire life can be destroyed. I don't know what happened between him and his exes um i have no you know only they know because only they were present for it but i do think that criminal accusations need to go to court i took a lot of heat for saying that i was one of the first people to say hey take the criminal accusations to the courtroom like trial by social media is highly unjust we saw what happened you know i don't know if these are real claims or not I think it's very interesting that a woman who felt that she was raped by her ex would have continued to hire him for work for her website and would feature scenes with him doing rough sex scenes the day that she tweeted this Um, so in terms of the other accusations made about him not respecting boundaries look rough sex is a very gray area it's a gray area even on set this is why 
the good performers who do a lot of rough scenes are very, very, very clear. Here's my no list. Here's exactly my no list down to the letter. I don't do scenes like that because I don't like being beat up that way. I also was trained as a fighter many years ago. So when people hit me, I hit them back. And so I know my limits and I don't do those scenes. And I think as a female performer, if you walk onto set and you do scenes like that, you run the risk of things going wrong. This is why I don't do them. Uh, Kink.com is a uh, is tends to be the epicenter for a lot of these complaints. I've seen because, some pretty fucking crazy shit posted on Twitter that I'm like, first of all, who is even like, right. <laughs> where is this even on the sexual spectrum? Right. <laughs> and um, and secondly, I just I, I like you know for the male performers, I couldn't even bring myself to do some of the stuff I see. So I can imagine you know how how walking that line must be extremely fine. It's very fine. And, and the other part of those scenes is that the whole point is to push it to its absolute limit. So let's say a performer says, no, cattle prod. Well, does that mean the cattle prod can't go on? Like, like even mm-hmm. if I don't touch you with it? Like, because if somebody pushes it to the limit of turning it on but isn't touching you with it, is that still on your no list if you said no cattle prod? Like, you need to, like, detail, like, well, Mm -hmm. no cattle prod at all, not even on set, not in my vicinity, you know. This is the gray area. I don't do those scenes for this reason because I can see how bad that can go and so quickly, and I think that as performers, we get to be responsible. Nobody's ever pushed me to do them, by the way. I, I have that. I have my list on my agency of what I do. Nobody's ever said, hey, Mercedes, you have to do this. I've had offers and then I've turned them down. If I wanted the money to do the scene and I choose to put myself on the set, I run the risk of of getting hurt because you're doing like th- look things happen on set. I mean, uh guys get bitten sometimes. Uh sometimes uh, stiletto heels hit people in the eye. Mm. One time mm. uh one time I my head got smacked with a girl kind of yanked her arm up. It, it look it's a it's a contact sport. That's what we're doing. Sometimes people get hurt. Well, and then um, in the actual objective of the scene and the situation is for you to get your ass whooped. I mean Right. And that's, and this is like, again, I haven't been on these sets. My experience of, of, of Dean has not been, I I haven't experienced that from him. I've done, you know, I I did an anal scene with him. I did a a boy, girl, girl scene with him. I I did a scene for a site. Like, like my experience of him hasn't been like that. Now you have to understand, uh, James is also a smaller man than me significantly. Like he's shorter and, and like he couldn't hurt me. So there's there's that component like I don't know how he is with these little tiny girls I I don't know I I do know he was trained to do extreme scenes he came up in a time where those scenes were really popular and he's one of only like three or four guys in the industry that's considered to have the kind of tenure necessary to do those scenes without hurting the girls and I've seen footage of girls going oh my god I can't wait to do the scene with him and then we do consent videos before and after after a scene we say hey that was okay or hey that wasn't okay you know, we have we do consent videos after, and if the talent says, you know what, I was not okay, I got hurt, and I'm not happy, they can't run the scene. And that happens. So that's a question I have, too. And, and that, that consent video doesn't affect our pay. You'd still get paid for your work. So it's, you know, I think we need to encourage women to be responsible adults, and if there's something criminal or, or dangerous happening, it's up to us to call the police. You know, I and and really, the police are very amenable to to 
this type of thing. Police are very helpful when a woman calls and says, hey, I was beat up or I was raped. So I think this vilification of the police, oh, well, women, women and sex workers don't get help from the cops. I don't think the police ask you what your job is if you call them on a domestic violence charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I don't like that's, you know, we, we have to be responsible to encourage women to call the police if they feel they're being abused. Absolutely. And I, I mean, you know, I, I don't think I think our listener base is, is, is probably there with you. But if anybody out there, nobody is trying to say that, you know, th- these things couldn't happen or that anybody's mm-hmm. lying. This is just Mercedes telling her experiences with the person involved. And she has not experienced any of this kind of stuff. And so, you know, right. don't take it as anything other than that. Right, and that's and that's what I've been clear about from the beginning. I don't know what happened with them offset, and I my understanding is that he had a very tumultuous relationship with one person in the past. And and look, none of us were there for that. But if you're being abused in your relationship, then you got to call the cops. Like it's it to to do the thing where we talk about it years later. It's it's actually not helpful because if this guy is really such an abuser and a rapist, and we need to know that then the responsible thing to do is is to call the police because if you don't the guy's not charged and then he beats somebody else up well then actually in law they say silence is acquiescence Mm. tough stuff um so that that's uh her take her experiences on on that one um we'll see how things play out (laughs) it is it is very dangerous i agree that um you know somebody's somebody's whole shit can be dis- destroyed in a in a in a twitter post that's yeah that, well i and this is this is something that i've been again arguing with feminists about which is they say we live in patriarchy but from what i can see a woman is capable of ruining a man's entire career in two tweets now that's not something that happens in a patriarchy and and any woman who came out who said hey i don't know what happened but let's like use due process to convict people of criminal charges and not Twitter. Women like me who are saying that are being called rape apologists. So I think that tells you, like, politically and socially... Probably not quite as much of a patriarchy as people think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really, it's to the point that only women can defend men online these days and we still get shit for it, for somehow being quote-unquote gender traitors because supposedly women never lie about anything. So it's... And we saw in recent cases, and I'm not saying any of the accusations against Dean fall in this category, but we have seen that the problem with trial by social media or trial by media in total, look at the Duke rape case, look at that, the the mattress girl, you know, these... Um, these... Jameis Winston down at Florida State when he was just about to play in the national championship and get his Heisman Trophy and be the number one draft pick, all of a sudden, right. out of the woodwork, and then videotape evidence proves that it was not exactly how she said it went. Right. And this and the way the feminists are teaching, quote unquote, consent. I mean, they're teaching women that if you have sex with a man the night before and regret it the next day, that somehow it's rape. And that's a highly irresponsible thing to be teaching young women because you're you're weakening women. You're yeah, yeah, you're you're making it so that they're not accountable for their own. That's the the, the whole deal with like how we're okay. We're both shit faced and we Uh we have sex. She can yeah. consent. Well, okay. So as a male, because I have a dick, it's my responsibility to to shepherd you through this situation so that we don't have sex because you're drunk, but I'm drunk too. Like that right. is that is weakening. Like I said, I'm like a real feminist. I sh- sh- look at a woman as an equal to me as right. as a person. So 
you you know you have responsible for your actions i have responsibility for my actions it's not my responsibility or anybody's responsibility to pat you on your little woman head and guide you through life that's <laughs> right that's, right Right. Well, the feminists are neo-Victorians now. I mean, they have they have undone this, you know, to me, feminism, as it were, it really should have and would have been a thing where women proved their own toughness and strength. But see, women from the lower classes have been doing that for eons, like like all this, you know, getting I mean, getting women to work like, are you kidding? My grandma's always worked. Both of them cleaned houses like that's what poor people did. Like, that's how people got by. So. So this idea that like, oh, well, women entered the workforce and we're strong, independent yeah, women. The, the poor like, people were like, we've been fucking yeah. working. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like my are like. You think like, these strawberries you, fucking pick themselves? Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. I mean, my, my family comes from real like blue collar. So they had to work to feed their kids. Absolutely. And so this, I, yeah. this whole we're strong, independent women, like that's coming from these upper class women who never really had to work. And those are the same ones who are in their ivory towers in academia teaching young women that they're not responsible for their own actions. And guess what? Those of us who grew up in in more blue-collar environments, I learned early on, if the stove's hot, you don't touch it. Because if you touch it, you get burned. Like, nobody bubble-wrapped my life. And so guess what? Things are sharp, you don't touch them. Things are hot, you don't touch them. If you get fucking shit-faced with some guy and you end up fucking him, hey, girlfriend, that's on you. Because unless the guy held you down and physically assaulted you... Because you can't remember what the fuck happened, don't don't drink so much. Well, Be and, fucking and that's responsible. Like, like I said before, it, you know, we're in the year twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. So I will once again reset this for everybody. No one here is saying that if you are passed out and unresponsible, it is okay for someone to fucking have sex oh. with you. That is absolutely not. But it's funny that you bring up that type of situation because I had a situation back when I was friends with some some girls who were in college. I used to come mm-hmm. up to their house parties, and there was literally this chick who was there every time, who was shit-faced drunk every time, and every time she would try to have sex with me. And I was like, you're drinking, I don't drink alcohol, so that's, like, even worse, because I would have been stone-cold sober. Like, But this was an obvious premeditated thing every time I would go there. But just because of the way things work, this girl would make these choices and pursue me every single time I saw her. But that situation could flip around on a guy in an instant. Mm -hmm. And it was to the point – check this out. You're going to like this part. (laughs) It was to the point where the girls who I was friends with thought it was funny and would tell her I was coming to those parties. Oh, man. Think if that situation was flipped around. Where if guys invited this girl that they knew to a party all the time and this one drunk dude kept trying to have sex with them. Like, how would that go? How would that play out? But to them, when it was flipped around, it was hilarious. They would have me take this girl home every time. Like, get her to her room, knowing she would try to jump my shit when we got there. Like, it's, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, see, and that's, and that's, this is the, this is the rainy day feminism because it's like, well... Men are stronger and we're weak, but we also want equality, but we also want you to treat us like delicate flowers, but we also want you to do more for us. It's like, it's like, like girls, what do you want? Which, which one do you want? Do you want the equality? In which case, look, you're going to have to be fucking responsible for your alcohol consumption. Don't be a dipshit. And you're, and by the way, you're going to pay half your dates or all right, we're delicate flowers and men are stronger than us. Then stop fucking taking their jobs and stop treating them like shit and fucking learn to cook. 
Like, like do one. Like, pick mm-hmm. pick one because I don't know how many of these feminists these days are like, oh, I don't cook or clean and my man has to do all that, but he better pay for everything. This is why men are going their own way. This is why they're seeing escorts instead of having relationships. It makes me sad, actually. I am, I'm sad for it because I remember when things weren't quite like that because I'm old enough to remember before social media. And this kind of cult of victimhood is really damaging young women. If I had a a son or a brother that was college age, I'd be like, hey, every time you fuck a woman, you better get some text messages showing that this chick intended on fucking you. Hey, no J- bullshit. You I know? used to keep them. I used to keep them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It, and, it's, and that's a really scary, dangerous thing to have to say to men. You are so disadvantaged legally right now. It's, I mean, it's gotten to the point where it's like, you know, they used to say, oh, when women called the cops in the 40s, the cops would show up and go, well, ma'am, it's your husband. Deal with it. And, you know, it's the same thing now where a woman can threaten to call the cops and threaten to say this guy abused or raped her even if he didn't do it and he's still going to go away in handcuffs. That's a really irresponsible, dangerous power for women to have. And and I don't think women are any morally superior to men that they don't abuse it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's definitely something we need to work on in society to get to get a balance on because – when you give that kind of power to large groups of people, there's abuse, and then when there's mm-hmm. abuse, people take the legitimate concerns and legitimate claims uh, less seriously, and that's, you know, the worst of all. Um, yeah. So now that we've we've, we've gone th- we've gone through the woods together, we've gotten through through the heavy stuff. We can <laughs> we can <laughs> roll to. Um, so what you said you were an engineer. You've been trained. You've been trained to fight. What are your weird <laughs> passions? What are you into? Um, what do you care about outside of the industry? What's who's who's Mercedes the person as far as like you know things that you are passionate about? I um, he, you know, I'm a real free speech advocate. I actually use that's what I use my porn platform for because for some reason people will pay attention to you if you do porn, and I learned that, and so wow. I thought, oh, we could actually. <laughs> <laughs> I can go through a little list of the reasons why. But, <laughs> but, but it's kind of cool because you know it, it gives an opportunity to to talk about more important stuff. I personally, like my dream someday when I'm done with this, is to own some land out somewhere far away and have an observatory. I'm a big astronomy nerd. I'm still a big uh, science geek. I you know I really I'm probably the most introverted porn actress that you can meet because mm-hmm. deep down that's I'd be happy living out on a lot of land looking at the stars full time I'm really pretty simple that way um, and that's like I read a lot I, I'm like you I'm an autodidact I read I, I educate myself yeah I went to school for engineering and, and I worked in it but you know my, my education my real education that's it's mattered much further than that. It, yeah. it's so I mean it, it wasn't actually till I was out of college that I started really being beginning to read things and understand them with some context and I think it's unfortunate we send kids to college when they're 18 because you almost appreciate it more at like 30 yeah. like some you know yeah. it's like you have the life experience to go oh that's what Nietzsche meant got it like I how the hell do you know this at 18 so um that's you know, I'm just a person. I, I think that I probably have a lot in common with some of your listeners. I've, I'm a, I'm real big on defending the Constitution, what's left of it. Um, and, you know, I, I believe in liberty, Second Amendment. I'm, I, I think people need to be responsible for themselves. I am not a collectivist. I don't like the state being down our ass, uh, you know, mm-hmm. over everything. And, and that's made me a little unpopular in my adult industry because a lot of people consider themselves to be liberals but it's yeah, I'm really hardcore leftists yeah because they don't because people have to think like 
you can agree with things about the left without buying their whole package, hook, line, and sinker. And, I, and that's where I get the libertarian thing is I'm in the middle. I just I just right. cut through bullshit. That's how I feel about it. If you sound fucking stupid, then I'm gonna <laughs> tell you you sound fucking stupid. Like right. you know, I go I go I go both ways on things where where you know I think I don't understand how the most powerful country in the world can't provide health care for its, for its people. I don't understand how the most powerful country in the world has so many homeless people on the street, so many children right. in orphanages, so many veterans on the street. But right. at the same time, I don't think that you should be able to wantonly commit crimes and not follow what a police officer does or uh, says or and attack them and not expect to get fucking shot over it. That's yeah. how that works. That's how I was raised. You do what the cops say. Especially yeah. if you're in the commission of a violent crime and you have a weapon. That... But then again, some experiences in my life have shown me that they're, you know, in situations like that, if it's going to be you or me, it mm-hmm. sure as shit ain't going to be me. <laughs> so right. that's, and that's how, you know, that's how the police force works. And I support cops and I think yeah. cops are fucking awesome, cops and firefighters. So I okay. absolutely understand that you can, you don't have to be either one. You can just call bullshit when you see it. And that's what I love about you. That's it's it's just common sense, and you know I think a lot of the vilification of police, like I, I think there's a, again there's this binary. Well, the state is bad, therefore cops are bad. No, no, no. I know a lot of police. People go into those jobs. It's a very selfless job. It's like being in the military, and people go in for all their different reasons. But you know, look, we need to have order and structure to society. We just don't need to have the tax man down our ass, and we don't need. Mm-hmm redistribution of wealth the way they do it because it creates artificial like systems in society that shouldn't exist and it allows people to not be responsible for themselves and so there's this like people don't understand how you can have limited government and limited state and how can we practically apply these things without without picking one extreme or the other and I, I kind of common sense is so uncommon these days but yet when I talk to part of the reason I do like I do a lot of veteran stuff and um, maybe at the end of the show we could talk about it, but the reason I love the vets so much is it's just common sense. Like, I'm talking to a lot of these guys. Like, these these are people who've seen actual combat. They can talk to the reality of war. They can talk to the reality of, like, boots on the ground. They've seen this. Everybody else who's pontificating about it, this is just your bullshit based on what you think you understand about it. But, well, that's the way I feel is it's easy for you motherfuckers to say boots on the right. ground, boots on the ground. You don't right. know what it's like to have boots on the fucking ground. Like, yeah. That's, <laughs> well, I'll yeah. leave it at that because <laughs> I don't you, talk about that kind of stuff that much on the show. But I'll just but, leave it at that. Right, right. This is, but this is just common sense. Like yeah. I don't, I don't understand mm-hmm. how, like people look at this world, at the world, and have any other. It's like the same thing with police. Like if you've got a police officer pointing a gun at you because you stole some shit, and you decide to mouth off or attack him, you're gonna get fucking shot. That's look. It's it. That's not. It has nothing to do with the like it's nothing new. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's just this is just common sense. If somebody's pointing a fucking gun at me and I'm and I did something wrong and I know that he's got a procedure where he's probably doesn't want to shoot me. He really just wants to arrest me. Like why would a cop want to like they don't want to do it if they don't have to. So like there are certain rules you follow. It's called respect. And I think the problem is in society, nobody respects anyone anymore. People don't respect You know, don't commit a fucking crime in the first place. Right, right. Well, and that's what we were talking about, the the danger of of media and the danger of social media is it's gotten to a point where they bypass the crime. It just goes to straight to cop shot this person. Like he walked into his house and just popped a roll around in his ass. 
Right. That's right. crazy to me. <laughs> well, it's like to get super philosophical for a second and I and then I'll just drop it. But it's there's if you read I've been reading a lot of Nietzsche lately mm-hmm. and he has a lot of uh he wrote a lot about more master and slave morality, which was like I remember reading this and like skimming through it in college, but it didn't make sense to me at the time. And now it makes sense, which is the idea that the master morality, which is what everybody hates in Western culture now, it what master morality was like Roman morality. It was like valor and strength and mm-hmm. goodness and and growing things, but it's also all, all about strength. It's very masculine. Mm-hmm. And slave morality is what they call the resentiment of that. So it's like everything that the master morality is, the slave resents and thinks is bad. Mm-hmm. So strength and honor and valor and respect, all those things are, oh, they're disgusting. They're they're part of the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. They're part of, oh, they're part of the oppressor. And so we as slaves, this is the slave morality, we rebel against all authority. And that's what you're seeing now with social justice and with feminists. You're seeing these people who have rejected strength in favor of weakness and then have somehow turned that into a moral high ground. And, and we see it everywhere. And it, it's fucking brilliant. It's like the most brilliant like understanding of things. Like Nietzsche got it. And a lot of people don't like to read his work because they associate it with Nazis. But like this is neutral, man. This is just what we're seeing in society. And that's why you see you can have somebody who overtly breaks the law, overtly attacks a police officer. They get shot. And then all of social media which is aligned with this like slave morality goes oh the poor victim of the shooting without going wait a second this guy broke the rules of valor and strength and goodness and honor and that's why this situation occurred nobody wants to talk about it so it's if you guys like bother you can like read up about it online i've been on a binge on nietzsche ever since awesome stuff what are your uh so your 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 plans or your your acreage and your your observatory after the after plan. the industry what is that is that is there anything else is there well, you know, career wise life wise what what would you like to do after post Mercedes Carrera I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and just make like a wild guess that's probably not your real name <laughs> I am um, I have a I still have a hand in a lot of AV engineering and production and and stuff like that so I. I imagine I'll keep doing that, but my my goal is to. I really want to own a nonprofit observatory because people don't Badass. see the stars. Yeah. People don't see the stars, and I think that a lot of the problems we have with the youth is that they grow up with media and with television and the computers, and they have no fucking clue what the night sky looks like because they grow up in these domes of light in the cities, and they've never actually been out and looked up at the sky and thought, "Holy shit, we are just on this little tiny yeah. dot at yeah. the edge of a galaxy somewhere," and there are billions and billions of stars that I can see right now even with my bare eyes and so Jesus Christ all my little fucking problems and all of humanity's little fucking problems just they they don't matter the way that we want them to and I think that it's such a mind-blowing experience and it's not something that we are we're creating for kids with light pollution now and I think so for me that's like a really personal goal it's a project of mine but that's what I would like to do eventually that is excellent let's um before we roll on up out of here, let's discuss um, a little bit about what brought us together. Um, the fundraiser. Now, see, you you told me that this was um, help for somebody who's a great guy, and that mm-hmm. I didn't really read that much into it. Looks like he had an accident, some tough luck lately. Mm-hmm. Um, please tell our listeners out there the situation, this fundraiser that I contributed to that got us into contact with one another. Um, um, tell tell the listeners about the fundraiser, about the individual, about the situation. Uh, let's get let's get some some donating going on. 
Sure. Well, Galen, um, he's, I actually don't know him that well, but I know people online who are YouTubers who know him and he's just a great guy. He's a YouTuber. He's a very selfless individual. He's had ongoing dental and health problems. And like, it's just such a shame. I mean, only, (laughs) only like in this first world country would this have not been addressed for years. So it's gotten to the point that the guy, like it's so infected. He's got to have like a series of five surgeries to handle this issue in his jaw. So they were doing a like 24-hour fundraiser, and these people came and hit me up and said, hey, Mercedes, would you come on? And like maybe by coming on, some of your followers will see this, and we can get some more donations. Every you know, every person in here helps. So I got on, and I said, yeah, you know what? I'll come on. And I was asking people to come, and then I said, hey, um, I will donate a uh, cam show, like a, a sexy 15, 20, you know, 15 minutes uh, Skype cam show to this. So the next person who, who puts 200 bucks down you know, I'll donate my time to that because I thought that would be a good way to, you know, generate some funds. And then you bought it and you're such a wonderful person that instead of, of actually wanting to take me up on the Skype show, you said, well, you know, I'm not going to take you up. I'm like, and so I thought, well, what else can I do for you? So you invited me on here and I, it's been just a great honor and pleasure to talk with you. It's, and all it, my listeners, you better fucking know how much <laughs> I care about the show. That That should probably say it all. <laughs> the pictures. Um, okay, so where where can people hit that up, and how can they help this guy out? Well, I don't know. I, you know, I'll have to send you that. It, it'll probably be o- over. It's a it's a GoFundMe. Yep. Um, so it may be over by the time you put the show. I'll have to send it to you because I don't know it offhand. Like I said, I kind of d- peripherally know him too. Okay. Um, but he's he, I think he was already eight to nine grand into a fifteen thousand dollar goal. So I think he he may have made it, and if not, it's. He's probably close on his way, but I'll send it to you and, and your donation. You know, he's just a wonderful guy. He um, literally chose to take care of other people after the New Orleans thing instead of taking care of his health. And that's how this spiraled out of control. So you made a real difference for him. And I just really appreciate that you do uh, a lot of good deeds for people and you do them out of the goodness of your heart. I think that that's really important. And that's something that's close to my heart because I kind of try to live the same way. Well, we got, we're not trying to. I, I try to keep all that stuff on the down low. You are killing my character right now. You're throwing this out here in front of everybody. <laughs> um, what? Tell us uh, before we roll out. Um, once again, mm-hmm. your uh, your what? You said you have the. Uh, we already kind of covered a little bit, but please, mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, AVN um, veterans deal you got going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Website. I'm super excited. Well, so AVN this year, I asked them if I could. So I need a date for AVN. I actually, like for me, the award shows and stuff like that are kind of, they're, they're a big deal in our industry. And for me, they're, I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. So I, I actually hate going to them unless I'm taking somebody who's excited to be there. So I asked Avian, they gave me permission to bring a veteran as my date. And this is a big deal because nobody's done this. They never let anybody on the red carpet who's not a performer. It's really hard to get tickets in the general pit area and all that. So um, went back and forth with them. Luckily, some great people at AVN also have fathers who are veterans, and, and so it mattered to them. So I am running not really a contest, but it's like a submission. It's kind of like a contest where you can go to my website, mercedescarrera.net, and submit. And then I'm going to choose, and I'm going to put it up for a vote, too, for like a week so everybody helps me. Because I've gotten so many great submissions, it's really tough to like go, I, I wish I could take everybody, and I can't. So uh, there's no there's no like price. That you don't have to be part of a member of my site. It's just 
my way of it, of giving back a little bit of my world to you guys. I've gotten amazing letters from vets who have said, hey, you know, your scenes really meant something to me while I was deployed. Like, you're one of my favorites. That, that touches my heart. I'm sure they did, yeah. <laughs> but I love I love these guys. And, and, and it's really, like, this is my way of opening my industry up to somebody who I feel like has given a lot because it's such a simple thing. And mm-hmm. it's a big deal for the industry to allow for it. So I'm covering, like, the flight, like, the travel expenses and all that kind of stuff out of my own pocket to, to bring whoever. And uh, it's just going to be fun. It's like... The, the red carpet, the award ceremony. I'm sure there'll be some, you know, parties and stuff like that. So whoever wins gets to gets to come with me. So you go to MercedesCarrera.net. It's on the front page. Um, you could submit video hashtag date Mercedes on Twitter. It's it's been amazing too. So many of the vets have hit me up. They're like, hey, I I I don't feel like I deserve it, but my buddy does, and that's been that's, just well, amazing. Yep, the letters that's how I've it gotten. Works. That's I, this is why I have so much respect for you guys. I mean, it's like, like literally, it's gonna make <laughs> guys, me cry. I, I work at PetSmart or Petco, ma'am. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no, but it's you know what? Like my like I I I get emotional because mm-hmm. this is this is like one of the last places in society, excuse me, where you see people actually stand for each other, and that's that's fucking meaningful. You know, people, all these celebrities, all these people are like, oh, we're we care about others and it's just for them to get their own fucking press and whatever. Like this is, these are real people. You guys are real people who really stand for other people. And I, I think that it's just not, it's not recognized enough. It's so awesome. it's awesome. So yeah. it's a uh, Mercedes mm-hmm. Everybody real slow, write it down. Mercedes <laughs> um, for entries or for, so that you can, you know, obviously partake in this, uh, wonderful ladies, uh, exploits. Yeah. And uh, contribute, contribute to the cause. Um, and everybody who, uh, everyone who submits, I will send you a, a photo and a thank you note for your service and all that kind of stuff. So, excellent. Um, yeah. Did you say you got any other uh, websites or anything else you got going on that you want to throw out there? That's pretty much it. You can, you guys can follow me on Twitter at the Mercedes XXX or on my safer work Twitter at based milf. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Because everybody said, "Well, you know, we want to. We don't want to see your nudes. We want to hear what you have to say." So, who the fuck said that? <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, please! Oh uh, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I do have to back that up. Her, she is uh, amazing. Follow on Twitter, uh, for every all of the above reasons. But you know, I, like I told her off air, I didn't even, I, I don't really watch. I had never seen anything that she was in before. Um, but I just noticed her tweets were so fucking cool and that she's so different than your average, um, you know, average celebrity on there that, um, she's definitely, definitely worth the follow if you have a Twitter. Um, this has been excellent. I thank you so, so much, uh, for joining us. Um, definitely, definitely a big day here on the show. Definitely something very different. Um, I appreciate you very, very much, ma'am, and all your kind words and uh, your kind causes. It's pretty awesome. So sure. thank you very much. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate you as well, and, and I appreciate all your listeners. I really do. You're doing a good thing here. And I commend you. Thank you for letting me come on and talk. I appreciate it. <laughs>